It's the Morning Blitz. Hey guys, you ready to let the dogs out? Weekday mornings from 7 to 8 Mountain, 8 to 9 Central on 1025U Rock and the Rocking M app. Thank you again to head coach Aaron Tromick of the Rollins County Buffalo football team joining us to talk about his 4-0 start for his club. If you missed any of the interview, as always, check it out on our podcast, The Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. You can find anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. We have it everywhere. Today, a very busy day in local sports. Cross country, it's the Decatur Community Cross Country Meet today. Hoxie, Oakley, Colby, Goodland, St. Francis, Golden Plains, Tri-Plains, Brewster, all attending that there in Oberlin uh, for the Decatur Community Cross Country Meet. Uh, there is some tennis today. Goodland expected to go down to Larned. Colby going down to Smoky Valley for some tennis. Uh, Syracuse has their golf invitational. Let's like drive by Syracuse's golf course on the way down to like Ulysses or Hugoton. I always feel like their course is a, a very nice track. Uh, but they have their U- Syracuse golf invite today. Colby, uh, Oakley, Goodland all expected to attend uh, the Syracuse golf invite. We'll see if Colby continues its run of consecutive tournaments won uh, this year. Also, very busy day in volleyball. Wallace County will host a quad with Triplanes Brewster, Greeley County, and Dighton. Quinter will be at the Logan Triangular with Western Plains Healy. Quint Oakley will have a quad with Ellis, Hoxie, and Trigo, so a mid league quad right there. Uh, St. Francis and Decatur Committee are going to southwest Nebraska for a triangular today, Southwest High School in Nebraska. And then Goodland will be at home hosting a true quadrangular with Colby, uh, Wheatland, Grinnell, and Ray. Those will be the three teams in town for tonight's quadrangular, which we will have coverage of the Cowgirls' three matches right here on 1025 UROC as the six and seven Cowgirls look to find some footing after what's been an up-and-down season to this point in time. You know, the Cowgirls have looked good in some games, like against Scott City and, and McCook with some nice victories, and and then have kind of, st- you know, haven't been able to beat Ulysses. Ulysses is a team that's gotten them twice. Um, yeah, they've, they've struggled in some other games this year, and so we'll see what the Cowgirls do. They're going to take on a Ray team they've already beaten once this year. They're going to take on a Wheatland Grinnell team, who's the best team coming to Goodland today. They're 15 and three. They're a top 10 team in the KVA rankings. They're very, very talented, uh, and they have a really great player in Kel- in Caroline Schrader, uh, who's been a really good player for them for multiple years. Uh, and so they will be a very stiff test. They're very well coached. Uh, so Wheatland Grinnell will be a very stiff test for anybody who comes there, whether it's Colby, whether it's Goodland, or whether it's Ray, who's ever in town. They're kind of, the, to me, in my opinion, looking at the notes and, and stuff, Wallace or Wheatland Grinnell will be the team to beat uh, going into this quad. And then you have Colby, of course, coming in, kind of like kind of like Goodland, where they're hanging around the 500 mark and have, have some decent matches here and some questionable matches there. And um, it's so bo- a lot of these teams, Ray, Colby and and Goodland all come into today kind of all in the same boat, kind of around that 500 record or a little bit below and still trying to kind of find out what works for them and, and how to be more consistent 
day in and day out. So it'll be very intriguing to see that that gets going today at 3.30 Mountain Time inside the Max Jones Fieldhouse. Be a full evening of volleyball. And uh, if you can't make it out, once again, we'll have coverage right here on 1025 Rock of Goodland Cowgirl Volleyball today from the Max Jones Fieldhouse. So that'll be interesting to see how those all shake out. I'm interested to see the Cowgirls... um, and I'm interested to see the Cowgirls. I'm interested to see actually all four teams and how they stack up against each other because I feel like they're pretty evenly matched. And so who plays better uh, just as a team? You know, who communicates better? Who's more in sync? Who's able to make the most of other teams' mistakes? Oh, that kind of stuff. Because it's, it's, a, it's a different year for Goodland Cowgirl Volleyball. It just is. And everybody knew it going into it. You lost three you know, first-team all-GWAC players. Um, you know, two that went on to play Division II athle- athletics. One that probably could have if she wanted to. Um, you know, you lost some great, great players, and now you're trying to not replace them, but you're trying to, I, I, in my opinion, you're kind of playing a different style because you just can't be a team that's six foot and go block everything or, or go get a kill anytime you really want it. You've, you've got to be more of the team that's sounder defensively. Uh, that 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 forces the other team to make mistakes, uh, even less than you do, or even more than you do. Yeah, make them make mistakes. So we'll have, we'll have more coverage of that once again coming up this evening, uh, right here on 1025 You Run. There's some other interesting headlines coming out here before we get to the walk off. Uh, Kansas basketball continue. We talked about Kansas State basketball and Jerome Tang getting a new contract earlier in the show. Kansas basketball continues to add to its great 2024 recruiting class. Um, LeBaron Fallon, I'm not, or it might be Phylon, I'm not for sure. He was, he's a four-star point guard. He commits to a top 10 class that continues to go up the rankings for the Kansas Jayhawks. Where he joins Flory, uh, Flory Bundaga or yeah, Benu- yeah, Bedunga. I, I, has anybody seen the picture of Flory, uh, who by the way is the top ranked center and the number eight overall prospect in the 2024 class? You know, he plays soccer for his high school in Indiana, he's six foot nine, six ten. You gotta see the picture of him playing soccer. It's nuts. Cause he's like playing up against this other kid. He looks ginormous because he is, and he's all legs. But I mean, think about it. This is a guy who's a pretty darn good soccer player. I think he has eight goals and a couple of assists on the season uh for his soccer team. I think he's out of Indiana. I mean, that's impressive. That that kind of athleticism to play soccer and you know to be that good with your feet at six foot nine six foot ten is going to lead to very big success on the basketball court for him as in a Jayhawk uniform in the coming years I think that's something very unique to see yeah the the tide is very high for Kansas basketball after a phenomenal offseason bringing in so many great transfer portal additions highlighted by Hunter Dickinson the top big man and the top transfer portal guy uh and then to bring in what is going to be a, one of the best classes in 2024 the tide is very high for Kansas basketball and another storyline that came up here uh later this morning was yesterday the college football playoff committee got together and was talking about how are they going to are they going to change the format of the 12-team playoff bracket for the college football playoff that comes up here in 2024, especially since we've seen a bunch of conference realignment? And the big thing is that if any change is to come to what is the 6-6 model, so six conference champions and or you know, I think it's five conference champions and then the best group of five team, and then you've got the next 
six highest ranked teams in the twelve in this twelve team model. They said if it changes from that, it's not going to be until after the twenty twenty four season. So they're going to do a year of this. Which remember, people, next year the Pac twelve disintegrates and breaks off into the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Big Twelve. So there are still two teams left in the Pac twelve, and. That, to me, means that whoever wins between Washington State and Oregon State in the Pac-2 now, I mean, that means they're in the cultural playoff, doesn't it? That's what it looks like to me. That's what it looks like to me at this point in time. I don't know. That's that's going to be weird to see if they allow that to go. I mean, don't get me wrong. Oregon State and Washington State are good football programs, and... Would they be deserving of a spot? Possibly. But not because they won a conference made up of two teams. At least that's that's how it was designed. You remember it was the five comp for the the five power five conference champions, the one big group of five team that's really good, and then the next five or the next six best ranked teams up. So it'll be interesting to see. Um I don't know. I I still think this is my opinion on when it comes to conference realignment in, in the future. I still think that because the conferences are getting so big, and I know they want to go away with conference you know, divisions and championships games, I really think you need to go back to it. I really do. I think you need to, with conferences becoming these 20-team leagues, you, you've got to go back to divisions again. And having a, whether it's a north, a south, an east, a west, however you want to divide it, I don't care. I think it needs to get done. The the leagues are so big um, right now that I think that just, I think that needs to get done. But with, with the leagues becoming so humongous, they need to divide these up into divisions again. So, for example, the Big 12 needs to have an east and a west. Um. The Big Ten needs to have an East and a West. You can't go and just have... I just don't think you can go and just say, well, we're just going to play the games and see how it all turns out and the top two teams will be in there. I just I just don't think that's the way to go. Conference championships mean something and to, and to give teams a, a hopeful chance for those that maybe can't you know, win national titles could compete for conference titles. Otherwise, you, you just kind of take away a lot of the, the fun. But I think that's something to, to look for in the coming weeks and months and years. Is I know they're talking about next year they're away with divisions. Divisions are gone. Okay, I, I want to see that in a year or two because I think they might be going back to that because I think it's the right thing to do with such big conferences. A three-run walk-off home run, a game-winning walk-off with a walk-off. His second walk-off hit of the season. In walk-off fashion, that baby's gone. Texter Jared on our text line, thank you. He says he agreed. I thank you, Jared. I'm glad somebody sees it as my way, sees it the same way as I do. I appreciate that. Makes me feel like I'm not a complete idiot. Uh, there is baseball today after an off day yesterday for both the Royals and the Rockies. They both return. The Rockies have a doubleheader today against the Dodgers. They'll play at 110 Mountain Time and then at 640 Mountain Time, so a doubleheader tonight. Today, I should say, of Rockies baseball. 
The Royals, they are on the road in Detroit taking on the Tigers. That is a first pitch time of 540 Central Time. Of course, the Rockies on AM 730, Fox Sports Tri-State, and the Royals on AM 790 KXX, where you can catch those games today. It's the final week of the regular season and for the final week of the season for the Rockies and the Royals. They will be done on October 1st. And then we'll have playoff baseball, which it's still a lot of playoff contending going on right now with uh, with the NL wildcard race and other spots going up for grabs at this point in time in Major League Baseball season. Don't forget to catch me tonight and catch us tonight for Goodland Cowgirl Volleyball and the Goodland Quad here at the Max Jones Fieldhouse. Have a great one. We're back again tomorrow in 23 hours. It's been The Blitz. We'll see you then.